Hello and welcome to the ISBA BursaCast podcast. This episode has been recorded and released on the 2nd of November in the afternoon. Yesterday we saw the HR conference take place at BMA House in London. Thank you to all of you who attended. It was a very busy and very fun day. Now, today's episode is going to be a bit from me and then we're going to hear about Martin's Law, or the Protect Duty, as it's commonly known, from VWV. We've got Tabitha Cave and Nikki Miller on to discuss all about that. So before we hear from them, let me run you through some of the updates from this week. Firstly, working with Alder, we have produced a guidance for schools on communicating the VAT on fees issue with parents and other stakeholders. And to that end, make sure you tune in tomorrow for the Friday Focus episode, where I'm speaking to Sue Bishop from Alder, all about how to do that, the key things to think about, along with a chat with John Murphy and Kieran Smith about some of the other VAT pitfalls and details. And following on from that, let's have a little look at the TPS update. Now, following the confirmation last week from HM Treasury that the TPS employer contribution rate will be increased by 5% to 26.68% from April 2024, The ISBA has published guidance from Barnett Boddingham, LCP and First Actuarial for members. So if you'd like some information on that, head to the reference library to find that. So from one bit of fun news to another, the Health and Safety Executive is doing a survey on the use of asbestos surveyors and analysts. The HSC is building its evidence base to inform how the accepted recommendations from the Work and Pensions Select Committee inquiry into HSE's approach to asbestos management are implemented. Your participation in this survey will help the HSE build evidence to inform this work. It is going to be relevant for those who have commissioned the services of an asbestos surveyor or surveying organisation and or have commissioned the services of an asbestos analyst via an analytical organisation where licensed asbestos removal activity has taken place. You can find out more about the survey, which is completely anonymous, and get details on how the HSE protects the information to provide in the introduction to their survey. As we all know, the world is constantly changing and policies are constantly being updated. To that end, BSA and Verizo are doing a seminar. This is on UKVI on essential new compliance changes, due diligence, and how to be prepared. This is taking place on the 15th of November in central London. This will take place between 2pm and 4.30pm on the 15th of November at 79 Eccleston Square. The nearest tube station is going to be Victoria. The aim of the seminar is to provide a better understanding of the significant changes that are afoot. Explore how to prepare yourselves as administrators of the sponsor licence. Look at how to prepare your colleagues for the changes and how the changes will impact on them along with considering what practical measures your schools can take in terms of recruitment and administration, and provide a better understanding of guardians and the immigration interpretation of safeguarding, and finally explore the increasing importance of due diligence checks and financial management. Please contact Mark Taylor at mark at taylor-education.co.uk to book your place. And just to give you another bit of new legislation to keep up with, IAP's SEND conference, SEND conference, in association with Independent Schools Council, is taking place on the 17th of November at De Vere Grand Connaught Rooms in London. 
you will probably be aware of the changes which will affect all schools which support students with special educational needs. The way SEND provision is inspected has changed. The government has published the SEND and AP Improvement Plan, which will affect all schools accepting placements on EHCPs. This year's Independent Schools SEND conference, in association with the ISC, will explore the minor changes in exam concessions and the initiatives to support good practice. Speakers will include the Chief Inspector, who will explain how SEND will be inspected, a senior officer from the DfE who will discuss changes which are being brought in, and there will be presentations on MFL and dyslexia, improving literacy across the school, exam concessions, a legal update, and much more. So if, like me, you're fed up of listening to my voice, let's hear from someone else. We're going to be hearing from Tabitha Cave and Nikki Miller at VWV about an upcoming webinar they're doing regarding the Protect Duty or Martin's Law. I caught up with them to talk a little bit about what to expect the webinar and some key things you might want to consider before listening in. So, on to that. Um, well, good, actually it is afternoon. Good afternoon, Tabitha and Nikki. Thank you very much for joining me on the BursaCast. It's a pleasure. Lovely to be here. Nice to, nice to have us along. Thanks, Leo. No, thanks for joining up. Um, important stuff to get through today, which is regarding the new protect duty, or as it's known, Martin's Law. This is something that has come in recently, and despite it being quite significant, it appears that not that many people are really au fait with, with what it means, possibly because it's still in its draft stages. But with that being said, could you let us know what are the kind of the basis of it? Um, so... Um, if I take that one, we're going to be exploring um, the, the extent of a school's anti-terrorism obligations. And as part of that, we're going to be giving an overview of the proposed protect duty. And as you said, it's interchangeably known as Martin's Law. Um, and it's set out in the Terrorism Protection of Premises Draft Bill. I'm going to be joined on the webinar by Natalie Wargent, who's a legal director at VWV. And Natalie is a specialist in helping schools deal with critical incidents and contentious issues. And she'll be going into the detail of the law or the proposed law in this area. We're also very lucky that we're going to be joined by a chap called Michael Moore, Mike. Um, and Mike is from the police and he's a specialist in counter-terrorism and he's going to touch on the practicalities of risk assessment and how to reduce risk. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and before I forget, when is the webinar happening? It's Friday the 10th of November. So roger dodger so just over i suppose eight days away now yeah um, once this goes out so that's what we've got to look forward to and so without getting into huge detail of it because that's what the webinar's there for what are the new obligations that are coming in so and again just reiterating the point that the bill is draft but the draft bill suggests some new obligations about the assessment and management of the risk of terrorist activity um, on either land or premises, um, which are open to more than 100 members of the public for specified functions, including entertainment and sport. And of course, we're not quite clear yet how that's going to affect schools. Okay, so I suppose things like, I don't know, 
Christmas fairs or big sporting fixtures perhaps might fall into those categories. Obviously, it's draft at the moment, but are there things schools should be taking action about now? Or is it something that should wait until, you know, we get a proper release policy here? Um, Tabs might want to, so Tabitha might want to say something about this, but our advice is that schools should definitely be preparing now. And, and in my view, all schools should be risk assessing the, the risk of terrorism and the measures taken or that they should be taking to address these risks, irrespective of whether the bill um, is enacted. And that's given what we've learned from public inquiries, the, gov- um, the government's assessment of the national risk and what is happening internationally. And that's the reason why I'd recommend the webinar or at least access a recording of it because it will be posted onto the ISBA's website. Um, and I'd really recommend that all schools um, view the webinar, particularly those who control their own premises or events. And we do know um, that many schools are already taking action to address the risk of terrorism and security threats. But I think the thresholds are now much higher and schools would really benefit from reviewing their measures against what's recommended in the bill and by the police. Yeah, absolutely. And then again, I've just said we're not going to detail about this, but a little bit of detail about it is, are they going to be, or are they currently in the draft stuff? Are there sanctions if you don't get this right? Absolutely. Uh, So perhaps I can take this one. Uh, The draft bill does set out criminal sanctions for uh, failing to uh, discharge your obligations. Uh, And it also involves a a staged approach to um, the counterterrorism measures that are required, depending on the size of an event and the type of the event. And it's quite prescriptive about the risk assessment processes that you go through, the procedures you have in the event of a terrorist accident and the way in which you share information. Um, uh, uh, Essentially, uh, it's not um, uh, wholly clear who is going to be caught by the duty. But as Nikki says, uh, fundamentally, it sits on the controller of premises for the event that is uh, within scope uh, that they're talking about. Okay, sure. And Nikki mentioned there recently that this has come to light due to, you know, obviously terrorist attacks that have happened. Um, since you've announced that the webinar is happening, obviously the conflict in the Middle East has increased. Is there, or is there likely to be, any kind of fallout from that conflict on this law, or perhaps pressure on independent schools to re- react to it? I think we always know that the uh, extent, the scope of a school's legal duties or any legal duties uh, is informed by um, what is happening uh, in the world and by societal discourse on it. Uh, So I'm absolutely uh, clear that the uh, threshold, if you like, for a school's security measures and the need for uh, review has been raised as a result of the crisis in the Middle East. Um, that essentially we recommend is dealt with uh, using a risk assessment approach like that that is proposed in Martin's Law. But that will focus uh, very much on the prevention of 
terrorism on site and on what to do should an event happen. Um, and of course, more broadly, schools are going to be thinking about the welfare aspects. Uh, so thinking about how you support people who may be affected, whether they're affected in this country or um, perhaps have links abroad. Um, and we'll also be uh, thinking about how you shape a moderate and informed discussion uh, among young people to what is happening in the world. Um, and those are real challenges for schools that um, uh, they're all grappling with. Yeah, absolutely. And then looking ahead again, there's soon to be, or you guys are soon publishing, the Independent Law Brief. Um, this is happening, as we discussed before we start recording, in about a, a week or so's time. What will that sort of include, roughly? Well, as ever, we try to have a mixture of materials. Uh, so uh, there will be uh, usual um, updates. Uh, there will be uh, updates about about this, uh, about um, employment law. Uh, there's a charity governance section. Um, uh, so hopefully there'll be something in it for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a, a popular publication whenever it comes out. So I'm sure we'll get you back on to discuss a little bit more about that in the meantime. Um, is there anything else that you think that's particularly important around particularly Martin's Law ahead of, obviously you guys are doing a webinar on it, so I don't want to sort of get too deep on it before because that's what that's for. Um, but anything that schools can be thinking about ahead of the webinar perhaps? I think um, maybe they uh, it would be helpful for them to think about uh, who they delegate these sort of arrangements to, to make sure that the right people are on the call. Um, so those who are uh, responsible for premises or responsible for event management, um, whether that is through the auspices of the school or a subsidiary trading company. Uh, so I, I think that identification of who, who needs to know uh, would be a useful piece of uh, preparation ahead of the webinar. And could I add that um, it may well be worth having a quick online search, um, counterterrorism police, because the police do have a lot of um, support available and, and there are specialists out there who can come and help. So schools shouldn't think that they're having to do this on their own. They can access um, really high value support. And Mike, who's joining us on the webinar, he'll give more information about that and signpost to the resources that are available. Superb. Well, I can't take up any more of your time, but uh, thank you both so much for coming on. And yeah, I'll put a note in, in this about the webinar coming up. Of course, it's within the, all the ISBA's shenanigans as well. So I'm sure all the bursars will have access to it. But in the meantime, have a wonderful weekend. Hopefully not too wet and windy with Storm Kieran blustering away. Um, but thank you very much for your time. And I'm sure we'll have you on again before too long. Lovely. Thanks, Thanks Leo. Well, thank you very much to Nikki and Tabitha for all of that. Now, before we wrap up, I'm going to let you know about some of the webinars we have coming up, not least the one on the 10th of November on preparing for compliance with the new Protect duty, which we discussed with them. That is between 11 and 12. And looking slightly further ahead, on the 17th of November, also between 11 and 12, there is one on global risk and actions to mitigate the impact on your school. For this, risk and resilience consultants will break down the risk themes outlined in the 2023 World Economic Forum Global Risk Report, applying an education and schools perspective to the emerging trends. The session will also reflect on what themes have already come to fruition and impacted the sector. 
slightly further on, the 21st of November from 2 till 3. What are hero dishes and why do they make a difference? This is a webinar exploring the vital role that hero dishes and carbon impact assessments can play in reducing your school's carbon footprint. And also in November, which seems to be a bumper month webinars, on the 28th we've got two webinars. The first from 11 till 12, and this is on new standards for energy and planning. And from 2 till 3, the benefits of in-house catering, giving you food cost savings and control. And since you're here, I might as well let you know about the one taking place on the 5th of December. This is on being strategic with your cross-sector partnerships. So if any of that sounds like it might be useful for you or members of your team, please make sure to book your place. And the final thing I'll talk about today is the joint conference for bursars, head teachers, and governors. This is taking place on Thursday the 23rd of November. It will be a great opportunity for senior leaders and governors to come together to hear from a range of expert speakers covering the theme of school leadership and governance and the political and economic challenges facing schools. The full programme is available on the ISBA website and bookings are being taken on the AGVIS website, so please head there to book your place. With all of that discussed, we'll draw this to a close. Please make sure to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to ensure you never miss an update. And should you want to share this with members of your team, if you think they'll find it useful, please do. If you'd like to get in touch, please email podcast at theisba.org.uk. As mentioned at the start of this episode, please make sure to check back tomorrow for a VAT bonanza, and we'll go over lots of the details around that. If you have any questions, please get in touch. Otherwise, farewell.